welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Well, good to see you guys. We're glad you're here today. Um, I'll tell you in just a little bit about where um, the first lady is and where Isaac is today, and we'll, we'll share that in just a minute. But let me, uh, let's go ahead and get right into some things here concerning Resurrection Sunday. We have limited time, and we want to make sure we get everything out that we need to get out. So, Father, before we go any further, we're asking for the exact words from heaven that we need today. Father, we're asking that those that are here in the auditorium and those watching online or listening to an archive later, we're asking that you would open our ears, equip us for the next steps of our life, show us things we need to see, help us, Father, to understand exactly what we need to get today. We know we can talk about a million good things, but we want the God thing today. And we're expecting the Holy Spirit to speak strongly through me and to every heart individually. Lord, you know who's been through stuff. You know who's going through stuff. And you know what's around the corner. And your word and your spirit can prepare us for everything so we can fly like an eagle above the storm. And Father, we thank you for equipping us today powerfully. In Jesus' name, we give you all the thanks and praise. Amen. Well, church, good morning again. And again, to those of you watching online, and I know Isaac and, and, and Nana, some of you are Nana. She's the Nana. She's the church mom. She's the first lady. She's my wife. They're actually in St. Mary's Hospital right now because Isaac had to go have a surgery kind of on the spot, um, a brain surgery. And they went in yesterday and the, they had a, about a six-hour surgery. And he came out and he's now sitting up doing great. He had a... An, uh, a stroke in part of his, his brain back there, but he's watching now. We're believing for that miracle. It's happening. It's already happening. If you, if you see the picture of him this morning, you'd go praise the Lord. What's it like? He's on Facebook doing something like this, right? Smiling and just, and so it's a miracle, guys. And a lot of you help, help pray with us for that. It's a powerful thing. We can give you some more details later, but Isaac and Carla, we love you. We know you're watching. And there's a lot of people here that are believing with us. And we're so thankful for this church family and even people out of town that have, have texted and said they're praying. And it's so cool because they're talking about faith. They're talking about believing God and not just a hoping and a praying. You know, they're talking about believing God. And we're so thankful. And so praise the Lord. Father, we just thank you for raising up Isaac. Thank you for raising him up better than ever in Jesus name. And you're doing the same thing, Father, for other people we know that are watching right now. Lord, you're, you're raising up my son. You're raising up Carla's son. You're raising up many people's brother. And we just thank you, Father, that Isaac is coming up to full fruition of healing. In Jesus' name, it can't not happen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So please turn with me, church. Let's talk some more about resurrection. Turn with me, please, to Acts chapter, well, excuse me, Luke chapter 24. Luke 24. I know we don't have a lot of time and I really don't want to rush either. So just believe with me that I get out everything I need to get out in the time that we have. Will you do that? Just expect with me that it'll all be exactly like it's supposed to be. So I want you to look at Luke chapter 24. This is the gospel according to Luke. This is things he, he, he found out and he, he knew about firsthand. And it says in verse 1, on the first day of the week, right after Jesus was crucified, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, 
They and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find that body of the Lord Jesus. That's very interesting, isn't it? His body wasn't there. I wonder where it was. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb, told all these things to the eleven and all the rest. And it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Um, and then it says, And the words seemed to them like idle tales, and they did not believe them. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb, stooping down, and saw the linen cloths lying by themselves. And he departed, marveling to himself of what had happened. This is a real account. This is a real historical account. You know, one of the things that makes Christianity different than every other religion is there's an empty tomb in Israel. There's an empty tomb. Jesus ain't there. His body ain't there. And the cool thing, you, you've already heard it in the songs say, the coolest thing about this is when the Lord came to this earth, he didn't do anything for himself. He died for us. He was buried for us. He went to hell for us. He rose from the dead for us. All these things he did for us, we now don't have to experience except the resurrection. He experienced it for us. And here's the interesting thing. If, if there's people that say, well, I, I, you know, I, I think Jesus was a great man. He was a wonderful teacher. I love his teachings. But I really don't believe he, in all this resurrection stuff. Well, number one, you're lost if that's you, because if you don't believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, the Bible says you can't be saved. Jesus was more than a good man. The Bible says he was the substitute, sacrifice, lamb of God for all of us, paying a price we could never pay. He paid it for you and me, and we need to find out what it is and appropriate it. So basically, this scripture tells us that Jesus was crucified, he was buried, he was put in a tomb, and then when they came to look at the tomb, he was gone. And then, of course, he appeared to them later. It says he appeared to the 12, uh, 11 apostles, uh, appeared to um, 500 brethren at one time. And then Paul said, I saw him also as one born out of due time. Look at a real amazing scripture. Now, this, this is the Bible. I like to call this book the covenant because it's a covenant. When I say the covenant says, it, makes a, it gives me a lot more faith. The covenant says, by his stripes I'm healed. The covenant says he meets all my needs. The covenant says everything's going to be all right if you trust in him. And so turn with me to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And I want to show you a couple things here. After Jesus rose from the dead, that Peter, Simon Peter said about him and preached about him. And if we look at Acts chapter 2, we'll start in verse 22. So Peter is basically 
teaching all these people who are freaking out because all these people heard them speaking in tongues. They didn't understand what it was. And so Peter took the opportunity and preached one of the most amazing sermons of all time. And in verse 22, it says, Men of Israel, or men of Grand Junction, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. Jesus being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken and lawless hands have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Oh, church, did you just hear that? Yes. What, did, what did the father do? When Jesus was dead, buried, and, and, and in a real place called hell, what, what, what happened? It said the father raised him up. It said that he loosed the pains of death. What does that mean? That means as believers, the stinger has been taken out of death. You and I as Christians should never, ever, ever fear dying. Because he paved the way for life everlasting. What, you'll read through the scriptures and you'll find out that death has no more dominion over Jesus. And because we're in him, death has no more dominion over us. Doesn't mean you're not going to have a separation someday and, and you're not going to transist from this body to glory, to the realm of glory. That does not mean, but the sting is gone. As a matter of fact, Paul the apostle said it like this. He said, I have a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better than anything on this planet. Amen. Oh, church, did you hear that? He didn't say it was better to leave your body and be with the Lord. He said it was far better. One of the things I believe the Lord wanted us to, to, to get done today with his help is get people set free from this fear of death. Because until you're not afraid to die, you're really not ready to live. You're always going to be reserved about things and afraid to do things and, and, and reserved about this and reserved about that. And God wants you free. Jesus, the Bible says he tasted death for every man. What does that mean? You don't have to taste it. He the Bible talks about Christians falling asleep and being in the presence of the Lord. Did you, do you all realize that physical death is not the worst thing that can happen to us? I'm not saying it's, it's fun, okay? But I am saying this. When you realize where you're going, you don't dread it anymore. You actually desire to be clothed upon with that house from heaven, that new body. The Bible says, Paul said, I'm in a straight betwixt two. I'm in a decision period. This is all in the Bible. He said, I'm in a straight betwixt two. I have a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. But to abide in the body is more needful for you. See, when you get a revelation that heaven's better than here, why do you want to stay? Because there's one thing better than you going to heaven. Taking somebody else with you. Being a part of a church that's preaching the gospel, like Rachel said. If there, if there was no people on the earth to help, we'd be gone. So why do we want to stay in this war zone? Why do we want to stay in this war zone of, of demons and sickness and disease and fear and bondage? Well, we don't really want to, but we love the Lord and we love people. 
And we're going to rescue as many as we can before our time's up. Are you listening, church? So, in, in here, I, I love the wording here. It's just so full of the Holy Spirit. He said, Jesus, God the Father, loosened the pains of death. Why would we be afraid of something? And the stinger's been pulled out of it. This is the revelation the church needs to get and everybody needs to get. Jesus tasted death for every man, the book of Hebrews says. So now do this with me. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 15. It was not possible that Jesus could be held down by death. Oh, wouldn't you have liked to have been there on that day? I mean... It's like, all right, wait a second. The, all the devils and demons in hell are saying, we got him. We, I can't believe it. We got him. We killed him. We killed the prince of life. We murdered him. He's, he's dead. But about three days later, can you say three days later? Three. See, some problems may last a couple of days, but it ain't over yet. That's a saying you should get in your heart. It ain't over yet. It's not over till we win. The Lord paid a great price for our victory and we need to stick with it until we got it all. But 1 Corinthians 15, now this is Paul's letter to the church at Corinth, a real city back in his time. And he's writing to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 15 because they had some questions about these things. And there are even people saying, well, we're not so sure anymore that there's a resurrection of the dead. That sounds kind of far-fetched and I don't know about this resurrection from the dead. Well, that's a doctrine that you do not want to follow. My pages are stuck together. I want you to notice verse 52. Let's just jump right down the page. Uh, Verse 52. This is Paul's letter to the church, just like us here today. Verse 52. It says, let me find it here. Behold, Paul said, I tell you a mystery. This is something that wasn't even revealed in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John very clearly. The Lord gave this directly to Paul for the church. He said, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep or die. This is very interesting. But we shall all be changed. Just say that with me. I'm going to be changed. What do you mean? Well, we're going to feel a lot better. And we're going to look a lot better. You might think you look good now. Wait till you get your glorified body. We're going to be changed. It's going to be a work and an act of God. And it's going to be amazing. As a matter of fact, when we leave this earth, we also leave the aging process. Did you know that? Did you know we were never created to die? Death came on the scene as an enemy when Adam and Eve sinned and the devil was invited into the earth realm. Death was never supposed to be. We were all supposed to live forever. Our dogs were supposed to live forever. And I have a little comfort. In fact, we, we ha- had a little Yorkie and she passed away about a year ago. And um, it really hit me and Carla hard. I mean, it was, it was interesting because we've had other pets, but this little one just hit us really hard. And um, the Lord comforted me. He gave me a scripture in the book of Romans that says, all creation shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption. What does that mean? The Lord never loses. London's going to be there. There's other animals there. I can't see God losing anything. Can you? I can't see him losing. All creation, including London. That's my little Yorkie. 
shall be delivered, shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption. I'm not going to preach a doctrine on that or write a book on that. And I don't need any letters on that. I'm just saying I found that scripture. I believe it's the Lord. I see there's animals in the millennium. And I do believe little if God can raise up the whole church in a split second, an atomic second, he can raise up London and Foo Foo, right? (laughs) Whoever, Grover. Oh, Dominic, aren't you? Isn't that exciting to think Grover is waiting for you? The Grove. Well, there's another good thing is that nothing ever dies in heaven. Grass doesn't die. And I heard one person who had a tour of heaven. He, he had left his body and came back. And I don't believe all heaven stories, but if it lines up with the Bible, I, I perk up. He says, he says in heaven, you'll find out that there's no dust there. I see all the ladies say. All the ladies go, amen. <laughs> Here's another one. Uh, Jesus ate food after he raised, was risen from the dead. And, and there is a marriage supper of the lamb coming up. And you talk about a feast. How many think the Lord knows how to have a feast? Heaven is a real place. And I was listening to this testimony of, of this uh, eight-year-old boy, actually, who had a visitation of heaven. He said he came in from playing softball and, and, and this whole, all this, is, the reason heaven is even available is because of what Jesus did for us. He's the first fruits of every creature after him. He paved the way. He punched the devil out, destroyed his works, opened the doors. He didn't ask. He took the keys of death and hell away from the devil himself and took him and said, I've got the keys. He no longer has authority. You do not have to be evicted. You do not have to go to hell. I got Jesus said, I got the keys. Your Lord, your savior, the captain of your salvation, friend who sticks closer than a brother has the keys. So why would you be afraid? Understand this church. Physical death is not termination. It's transition. Like a glove without a hand becomes lifeless. I think it's so interesting in the book of Luke, it talks about, and you see this in other places, the Bible never talks about the body as the person. It talks about his body wasn't there. It didn't say he wasn't there. His body wasn't there. And you have to understand, in order to live on the earth, you have to have an earth suit. And you have to come by water and blood. You can't climb up some other way. The devil keeps trying to all the time, but you're here legally because you were born here and you got an earth suit. But there's coming a day because of the fallen world we live in and the, and the curse and, and the, the, the things that are messed up. But Jesus is fixing all everything very soon. As a matter of fact, the Bible says the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. And that is about to happen globally. Now, when he's talking about death, he's talking about dying physically. Now, the Bible talks about three different kinds of death. The Bible talks about physical death, separation of the the real you, the spirit man, from your body. The Bible talks about spiritual death, people that are not born again. They're not reborn on the inside into the family of God, which we pray everybody does that today if you haven't. And number three, the Bible talks about the second death. That's one you want to avoid. And it's not the Lord's fault that people are headed there. He gives man an option. Some people just don't think it's that important. The enemy's deceived them. Well, I don't know if I need Jesus. You're in a war and you're losing. Pastor, I just don't feel like I need to accept Jesus. Yeah, 
And that feeling is a warfare. And you need to say, you know what? No matter what I feel, if God says I need Jesus, I need Jesus. And, and you do, and we all do. So no, notice here, keep reading. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says, um, it says in verse 50, I guess we'll just read again in 51. It says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We'll not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, that's an atomic second if you dig around in the original meetings. An atomic second. He said, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. We sang about that. To hear that trumpet sound? How many think the Lord knows how to play the trumpet? <laughs> oh, man. At the last trump, and it says, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Now, when he says the dead here, he's talking about people that have already died and gone on to be with the Lord. They are going to get their immortal body when this trumpet sounds. And if we're alive at this event called the catching away of the saints, if we're alive and remain, we're going to be changed in a moment. Right after they get their new body, our bodies are going to change because we really can't inherit the kingdom of God the way we are. It's, we're just not quite there. There needs to be a few changes. The Bible says flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Now, when Jesus rose from the dead, he had a flesh and bone body. Did you know the Bible talks about what life is like outside of the body? Does that fascinate anybody? The Bible says the body without the spirit is dead. The glove without the hand is lifeless. These are things we need to understand and study because they all contribute to you getting over the fear of dying. I'm going to show you some scriptures here in the last few minutes that should, if, if you believe them, you will be free. It's interesting to see Christians, church people, people that have been saved and, and reading the Bible, it's interesting to see how many act like Jesus didn't raise from the dead and they, they act like heaven's not really real. You know, when you start seeing these things from the scriptures, it takes the dread out of a loved one dying. Okay, let me, I need to explain this a little bit. Is there some sorrow? Yes, but not like the world. Are you going to feel it? Yeah, but you're going to go on. And you're actually going to get to the point where you're rejoicing because they who have left are with the Father. What, why wouldn't we rejoice? Isn't that what Jesus said? He said, he said to the disciples, because he told them, he said, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to die. They're trying to figure all this out in their mind. They're going, what, what, Lord, what, what? He said, yeah, I'm going to be offered up. I'm going to die. But he said, you should rejoice. What? You're telling us you're going to leave and die and we should rejoice? He said, you should rejoice because I said I'm going to the Father. You got to watch out about saying when somebody dies, we lost them. Paul says to die is gain, not loss. You got to watch. Do you, it, it, let me just ask you. Do you all realize heaven is a real place? Very, very real. Absolutely amazing. Would you say you lost somebody because they moved to New York? Oh, you know, we lost them. They, what do you mean? Well, they... They moved to New York and we lost them. No, they relocated. 
Church, understand, understand this. I only got a few, few more minutes. Just try to get this. If you could back off of the earth realm and look back at the earth and see past the physical, it would look like a huge global airport. Arrivals and departures every day. We, we see there's about 300 plus arrivals every day. And we also see that there's at least two people departing every second. 10, 12, 14, two more, two more, two more. There's arrivals and departures. The Bible says to depart and be with Christ is far better than anything on this planet. And as you read this scripture here, we're going to get to it. Go back now to the scriptures. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Now notice, for this corruptible, you know, this body that's aging and getting a few more wrinkles and has evil tendencies at times, this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible is put on incorruption, this mortal is put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying as it is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Now, now guys, get this, get this, get this. Paul gets a little sassy here. He gets a little sassy at death. Listen to this. He says, oh, death, where is your sting? What's he doing? He's standing on the covenant of God. He's standing believing Jesus. You died for me. You rose from the dead for me. Because you live, I'm going to live too. Ain't no grave going to hold this body down. When I hear that trumpet sound. This is a real event that's about to happen. And so many people are oblivious to it. It's real. The Bible says the Lord shall descend from heaven with a shout. And the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words, Paul said. That's scripture. New Testament. Can I say it again? The Lord shall descend from heaven with a shout. When? Really soon. I mean, there, things are winding up. The end of all things is at hand. And that shouldn't scare us. We should be going glory to God. We might be the generation that gets changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. This is amazing, church. You know, the Latin word for caught up is rapture. You've probably heard some talk about the rapture. What's the rapture? The rapture of the church. What is that? Well, it's kind of like Enoch, you know, in the Old Testament, he was walking with God so closely. One day he took a step and he was gone forever, bodily, off the earth. Some people say he just got so close to God, he was closer to God's house than his. And God just says, well, just come on over to my house. You're closer here than you are your own home. So he just, and it says he was translated bodily. Oh, church, listen, this is, there's some wisdom here. Listen to this. There's two examples in the Bible where God took people. And it was not accidents. It was not a disease. How many of you know when people die of a disease, that's not God taking them out. That's a disease running a course and God receiving them when they leave their body. If you say God took, it almost like puts the blame on God. God loves people. It's not his will that one little one perishes. 
But you have to watch out, you know, about some of these phrases. I've been a pastor for 35 years, believe it or not. And I've done probably 50 to 100 funerals. And you, you start realizing that, you know what, people haven't quite seen everything like they need to see it. And as a pastor, you have a heart for it. You know, some people, they, they, they never want to talk about death. Well, how, how, can I give you a little piece of revelation here? We're all going to die. <laughs> There's nobody alive from 200 years ago today. Does that bother you? If it does, you need to get free. It used to bother me. And I'm not saying 100% victorious in this. It used to bother me a lot more than it does now. I, I can have, you know what? When my mom was 88 years old, almost 89, she told us, this was just a, four years ago or so, she told us, us kids, she said, I'm done. I've done what I believe the Lord wants me to do. I'm 88 years old. I believe I've done. I prayed you all into the kingdom of God. I did my part as a church mom. I help you guys with the church. And she says, I'm done. I thought, wow, really? Sure we couldn't talk you into staying around a little longer? She goes, no, I'm done. And I think two weeks later, she was gone. She just shut down and she left. I was there with her. Read our chapter a day. Right after we read that chapter, my brother was there as well. My, my wife was there, Carla. And she just took her last breath and left. So I went like this. Because I've, I've heard a lot of testimonies of people looking down on their body when they leave their body. And they go, oh, guess that's over. And the Lord escorts them to glory. Now listen very closely, guys. Read this next part here. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? That's like mocking death. Isn't that cool? The sting of death is sin. And the Lord took care of the sin problem. If you receive him as your Lord, that's taken care of. And the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. In context, what's he talking about having victory over? The sting of death. Death. Why be afraid of something you have victory over? Why dread something you have victory over? Why be afraid to talk about it? So well, I'm afraid to talk about it. That's the reason you need to talk about it. For the Christian. I want to make this clear. For the Christian. This should be exciting you if you're a Christian. If you're not a Christian, this should be stirring you up to say, Pastor, could you please stop preaching so I can receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior? <laughs> Dying physically is not the worst thing that can happen to a human being. Leaving the earth without Jesus as your Lord and Savior is the worst thing that can happen to you. Are you listening, church? This is so important. We have the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, there's a scripture that says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Isn't that wonderful? Um, go, to, go to just a couple more scriptures here. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians 5. Do you realize that because Jesus rose from the dead, we do not have to be afraid of taking our last breath? Oh, such good news. You don't have to fall apart when a loved one takes their last, last breath. Now, can I just say this as a, disc, uh, as a paraphrase, uh, parentheses here? Don't leave early. It's short enough as it is already. 
I mean, the Bible says our life on earth is like a vapor. It appears for a little time and vanishes away. Why would you want to make it shorter than a vapor? Um, you, you don't want to rush this. You, we need to finish our tour of duty. Amen? Do what we were born to do. And if you don't know what that is, keep coming to Faith Heights Church. We'll help you find that out. We'll help equip you. We'll help you to, to, to listen to the Lord and, and understand His direction and help how Scriptures apply to your life. We've got a job to do, church. And one, actually, one of the best ways I found out to get free from depression is get saved and start helping people. Actually, I was so steeped in sin and some other things. And I wasn't, sometimes I make myself sound worse than I really was, but hey, sinner is a sinner, right? <laughs> and um, I, um, I, I was a little bit more in the dunghill than just uh, the dust, right? You know, he lifts the poor out of the dust. He lifts the needy out of the dunghill. I think I was one of those in the dunghill. But he got me out. And he says, I'll set you with princes, even the princes of your people. And he's done it. A lot of you are in that category. But I had to help people to get free. Now I do it because I love the Lord and I love people, but I had to get involved with helping other people to get a breakthrough in my own life. Mylon Lefebvre told me the same thing when, when we were talking and a while back, he says, you know, John, I was, came out of the drug scene and the rock and roll scene. He partied with Mick Jagger, all these people, and wrote a song for Elvis Presley. And he said, John, I, I was in such oppression and in such a bondage to drugs and alcohol and things like that. When I got saved, I had to help people so I could get free. The Bible says when you really focus on helping other people, your light will break forth as the morning, you know, goodbye depression, and your health will spring forth speedily when you're helping other people. When you're acting like God heard your former prayers for healing, now you're just acting like a healed person, doing the best you can. Dodie Osteen, you know, Joel's mom, um, Joel Osteen's mom, she said, one of the things I had to do to get, to get my healing of metastatic cancer delivered, not, not, not trying to talk God into giving it to me, but opening herself up to receive better, she said, I had to go to church and pray for people that were 10 times worse shaped than I was. She was diagnosed with metastatic cancer of the liver. And she would go to church every Sunday and pray for others not even close to as bad a shape she was in because she was a pastor's wife. She wanted to help people. And she said that was one of the steps that she took to get her healing. She's been healed of metastatic cancer of the liver for decades now. Looks amazing. Wonderful woman. Our hope that goes beyond this life is all because Jesus didn't stay in the grave. Do you realize if he didn't rise from the dead, there's no use being in church today talking about the teachings of Jesus. If he didn't rise from the dead, our faith is vain. I want you to look in 1 Corinthians 15 before we go to other scriptures. Just back up a little bit in 1 Corinthians 15. Back up a little bit. Let's see. In verse 12, the Bible says, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some of you among you say there is no resurrection of the dead? So they had situations back then like we have today, mockers. But if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes, 
And we are found false witnesses of God, Paul said, because we have testified of God that he raised Christ up whom he did not raise up if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins if Christ has not risen. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Pitiful. If we only have hope in this life, how gray can you get? Church, listen to this. I've been, I've been a Christian for over 35 years, a pastor for over 35 years, Christian longer than that. Just receive my 35 plus years of getting in the scriptures and praying and helping people. Please, just, I'm asking you to just take these words to heart. This earth, this earth life, you know, living on the earth, you know, your short little vapor, even if you make it to 120, it's still the shortest thing you'll ever do. Remember, death is not termination, it's transition. One place or another, there's only two options, by the way. If you don't get off the road, Adam put you on. You'll stay on the road, Adam put you on. That is not God sending people to hell. That is people staying on a road, Adam put them on, and not accepting the lifesaver's hand off of that road. But listen very closely. This earth life, for the Christian, it's as bad as it gets. If you're a believer, say this. This is as bad as it gets. Yeah, but pastor, I'm, I'm having an okay time. Right. And it's as bad as it'll get. But pastor, I mean, I'm enjoying my life. You know, I'm sickness free and uh, I've got a great family and, uh, you know, I've got money and it's 70 degrees. <laughs> I, I've, got a, I've got a great life. What, what do you mean for a Christian? This life is as bad as it gets. You heard me. This life is as bad as it gets for the Christian. For the non-Christian, this life is as good as it gets. Did you hear what I said? Amen. Are you saying that God's going to send people to hell? No, I'm saying if people don't get off the road, Adam put them on, they'll stay on that road when all along God wanted them to take the hand of Jesus. I can't believe God, a good God, would send people to hell. He doesn't. He gives us an option. Get off the road Adam puts you on and you'll live forever in heaven or stay on the road Adam puts you on and that'll be your choice. Don't wait till you're dying to make this decision. A meteorite might fall on you. That was a joke. Because <laughs> if a meteorite falls on you, it's like you don't have time to get anything right. Or maybe a Star Trek phaser gets you. I won't even know what hit you. Too many people wait till they're dying to get things right with other people, to get things right with the Lord, to receive Jesus into their life, to make sure that they're right with God through faith in Jesus. Friend, that's called wasting many years of doing stuff in this fallen world when you could be already operating in the place of God that he has for you. So go to one more scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, and we need to wrap this up. 2 Corinthians 5, what a great day today, wow. You know, we had a real challenging night last night, being at the hospital because of the, the quick surgery, we're like, what, what, what? So we're, we're checking in our hearts, should we do this? Should we consent to this? You know, should we do this? Checking the Holy Spirit, because we learned a long time ago, when you, hear, when you hear something really bad, don't freak out. Slow down, 
because the Spirit of God knows the exact path out of this thing. He knows where you're at in faith. He'll work with you where you're at. And the panic is demonic. If panic tries to come to you, say no in Jesus' name. I'll not receive it. The devil will try to push us in the premature decisions and all this stuff. You just slow down and say no. Number one, everything's going to be all right because I know where we're all going. Isn't it interesting to think that let's say a loved one has passed away 20 years ago. And let's say you pass away 20 years from now. That would be 40 years. Did you know in God's timing, 40 years is like an hour? So the people in heaven are going to go, wow, you're already here? Cool. Say, what do you mean, man? It's been 40 years. Well, up here, one day is as a th- with the Lord is a thousand years. And a thousand years is one day. So really, is it that awful that somebody went an hour before us? Don't get me wrong. Listen very closely. We should believe God for victory in our bodies. We should believe God for healing so we can run our race and be strong to help others. But if some things happen, is it, is it really as big as the devil makes it sound? Oh, I'm not going to see them. I'm not going to see them for so long. In our time, in God's time, it could be a few moments. This is something you need to realize, too, about the coming of the Lord. Do you realize that if the Lord carried his coming a half a day in his time, we'll all be gone. Because a half a day to the Lord is like, what, 500 years? One day is with the Lord is a thousand years, a thousand years is one day. And I'm not saying he's not coming soon, he could, but, but really, what is soon? 500 years, oh, it's so long, come Lord Jesus, quickly. But God said, it's only half a day to me. Just get out there and preach the gospel because as soon as this gospel of the kingdom is preached to all the world, then the end shall come. It's probably the only thing I can see that we're waiting on right now is for the end to come is that we get on the ball, get our part in the church, support the preaching of the gospel, get serious, have, have a military mentality, get in there, do the work of God, get this gospel preached to all the world because then Jesus said the end will come. And every person on this planet has a place. They just need to step into it. The Lord's not going to make anybody get saved. He's not going to make anybody go to heaven. He says, come to me if you want me. And I'll receive you. And no one will pluck you out of my hand. Last scripture, 2 Corinthians 5. At least for now, because you all come back next Sunday, right? 2 Corinthians 5, look at verse 1. Paul is again writing to the church at Corinth. And to the church in Grand Junction. He says, for we know. I like that, don't you? He didn't say, well, we think or we wonder or maybe, golly, I hope so. He says, we know that if our earthly house, our body, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. Did you hear that, church? We know that if this body falls over, keels, we know. Paul didn't go, you know, we're 99% sure. No, the Bible tells us specifically what life is like outside the body. And for the Christian, it's far better. Paul calls it gain. Jesus calls it heaven. 
paradise. You know, I think sometimes we see pictures and we think, well, heaven's going to be like this or that. And I'm not saying, you know, it couldn't be like that for somebody if that's their, you know, what they want their estate to look like or whatever. But, you know, heaven, it's really interesting because really soon there's a city about to float down from heaven. This is in the book of Revelation and it's, it's made out of clear crystal. It's as big as the state of Texas, wide and tall. That means it goes out into the stratosphere. And it's going to hover over the earth. And it's called New Jerusalem. And there's all kinds of levels in there, mansions, powerful things. And I know I'm getting into a whole other sermon now. But heaven, I've heard testimonies. We've got scriptures of it. Paul talks about things about heaven. He says, I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. In other words, it's very similar being out of your body as this being in your body. So much similar that Paul said, I don't know if I was in my body or out of my body. Anyway, I was caught up into the third heaven, heard words that are not lawful for man to speak. Amazing things called paradise. I guess you could just think of the most awesome, serene, beautiful, happy place ever in times of by a zillion. And you might be getting close to the. I heard a testimony of that boy I was telling you about earlier, eight years old, who got a tour of heaven. He came in from playing baseball, sat on his bed, and he said a supernatural pole just pulled him right out of his body. He went through the roof of his house, and you don't have to believe this. You don't want, I'm not trying to make anybody believe this. And I'm very cautious about heaven stories. I don't believe them all. But this one really, it really touched me. He said, I was, I was out of my body, out through the roof, and I, immediately I was flying over the state of Texas, and then over Denmark and Sweden, and then I passed out of the Earth's atmosphere just like that. And he said he went through the second heaven, you know, the stars and the planets and all that. And then he said, I got to the third heaven and I, I saw it. He said, I saw the gate of pearl. He said it was so glossy you could hardly look at it. He said, Jesus walked up to him. How many know the Lord can do this if he wants to? He's done it before. He's appeared to other people. He said, I looked at Jesus, this little eight-year boy is trying to recount his story. He said, I looked at Jesus and I looked into his eyes and he did not have to say a word. You could tell he had power. Just by looking in his eyes. But he said his eyes were so full of love, it just melted him. And he, saw, and he called the boy's name and said, come on, so-and-so, I want to give you a tour of heaven today because I love you so much. And I want you to go back to earth and tell people what you saw and tell them I'm coming soon. Tell them to get ready because I'm coming soon. He started talking about some things in heaven. He said... When you, when you, it's not like breathing, but when you breathe in heaven, it's sweet every time. And anything old is flushed out. Everything's renewed. The flowers hum. He said the throne room of God where they worship God was like miles long. Oh, and he said that gate, you know, the pearly gate, it went straight up. Not this. I think we're going to be a little bit blown away about how high tech. I actually think, um, <laughs> terabytes and computers and hard drives is bearskins and knives to the Lord. Um, he's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, okay? But he started talking about heaven. I started seeing scriptures and hear about heaven. Jesus talks about, you know, in, in almost indescribable. Other people I've heard had tour of heaven. They just said it's so, un he said, one person, the Lord said, now you're going to have to go back because so-and-so is praying for you back there and you still need some work to do on the earth. But I hope you like what you saw, basically. And he said, it was so beautiful. I could not turn around. I had to back out of heaven. I could not take my eyes off. It was so beautiful. 
If you could see where your loved one is, if they've died and gone to heaven because they're a Christian, you would not want them back in this fallen world. You'd be rejoicing. Glory to God. We will see you soon. I, you know, when, when David's little child, King David's little child died, um, it really, it was really, he bummed him out. He just, he had a little child that passed away. And, uh, but right after he died, he got himself all cleaned up and went back to the palace and you know, operated as a king and a warrior. And the servant said, what, what's wrong, David? It's like, while your child was still alive, you're fasting, you're not eating, you're, you're on the ground, you're praying, you're seeking God. But after he's dead, now you're getting up and watching. He goes, hey, listen, listen, I'm not sure exactly what happened, but I know this. He cannot come back to me, but I will go to him. David said, he's not, he's not coming back to me, but I'm going to see my kid again. Now, how many know they're up in heaven right now? And if you'll read through the scriptures, and I, we don't have any more time right now, but just don't, don't think that, don't think that this is it. Don't live your life like, life like this is everything. You know, just is everything. Everything I do, Monday through Friday, Monday through Sunday, it's all about here, it's all about now, it's all about the vacation, it's all about the house, it's all about this. Lift up your eyes. There's a lot more to be living for. Yes, have a great job. Yes, have a great career. Yes, be a lawyer. Yes, be a mommy. Yes, be a doctor. Yes, but your whole number one reason for being here is to influence other people for Jesus. While you're doing what you're doing, make sure he's with you everywhere you go. You're not ashamed to talk about him. You're not ashamed to, to mention his name publicly. He pray, paid a great price for us, guys. And we shouldn't be ashamed of him at all. Um, so did I say 2 Corinthians 5? No, we already read that. Yeah, so just read down here, verse 6. We're always confident knowing that while we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So would you just stand up with me for a moment? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, a lot's been shared today, but I know some things have hit home. And Lord, we know it's your will that every single person on this planet be saved. It's not your will that one person perishes, but that all come to repentance, all come to you. And so, Father, we thank you for giving everybody in the sound of my voice power to become a child of God. Heavenly Father, we worship you and we thank you for saving lives perfectly Thank you that it's not too late. Thank you, Father, for being patient. Thank you for your long suffering. Oh, thank you, Lord. Yeah, I'll say that. The Holy Spirit just reminded me of something. Listen very carefully. We're talking about not being afraid to die. We're talking about where we go as a Christian when we leave the earth. Now, we didn't talk anything about hell, but hell is just as real. But you don't have to go. Pastor, I don't want to hear about hell. Well, don't worry about it. You don't have to go. And you don't have to be perfect to miss it. You just need to believe in Jesus. Receive his forgiveness. Receive his life. And heaven will be your home. Um, he, I, this was the Holy Spirit, I believe, just reminded me of this. this. If the same spirit. Now, if you're born again, the spirit of God lives on the inside of you. And I know there's some people online watching right now. And this is going to mean a lot to you as well. If the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, and he does if you're a Christian, that Holy Spirit will also quicken your mortal body. God will quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwells in you. What that simply means is 
you can have a taste of resurrection power right now in your physical body. It's called divine healing. It's called receiving a miracle for your body. So whatever your need is today, Jesus is the answer. Would you bow your heads just for a moment, close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We believe that the word was sufficient today and that people are ready to receive. Heads bowed, eyes closed, just listen to these couple questions. Are you born again? Because if you're not, you can be. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to work up to it. Here's something else that's real interesting. You can't be good enough to get it. Our goodness doesn't save us. Being nice doesn't save us. Water baptism doesn't save us. Are you listening? Confirmation doesn't save us. Taking sacraments doesn't save us. Being good doesn't save us. Believing in Jesus is what saves us. I'm going to quote you two scriptures while your heads are bowed and eyes are closed because this has to do with the prayer we're going to pray. Jesus said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Aren't you glad I didn't say whoever's perfect? They said whoever believes in him shall not perish. The other scripture is in Romans chapter 10. It says, if you will say with your mouth, if you'll confess and acknowledge with your heart and mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you'll say Jesus is Lord and you'll believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says you'll be saved. It's that simple. So with nobody looking around, heads bowed, eyes closed, I want to ask the question. If you want to be born again today, and friend, if you're not, please say yes. Tell nervousness to shut up. Tell fear to get out. This is the greatest thing you could ever do in your life. Plus, we're a family. Just consider this a big living room. If you would like the salvation prayer to count for you that I'm going to pray in just a minute, I'm going to say it and I'll lead you in it. Just please, right now, if you'd like to be saved, if you'd like to be born again as an act of faith, just raise your hand right now. The Lord will see it and we can pray this prayer together. Thank you. I see that hand. Thanks. I see that hand. I see those hands. Thank you. Anybody in the balcony? It's good to see all you up there in the balcony. Praise the Lord. So looking around one more time, if you want to be born again, we're going to lead you in a prayer right now, salvation prayer. Please don't hesitate, church. This is your hour. This is your time to come into the family of God. Don't let anything take this from you. Sometimes you have to just say no to your own flesh and nervousness, saying, I don't care what I feel like. I'm going to get saved today. If you'd like this salvation prayer to count for you and you have not yet raised your hand, please lift up your hand right now if you'd like to join these that have raised their hand. Thank you. One more, one more invitation. If you say, Pastor, I have been saved. I have received Jesus as my Lord, but I don't think I'm right where I should be with him. I'm doing my own thing. I'm living in the world. I'm doing things I know I shouldn't be doing, or maybe I'm not doing good things I should be doing. I want to come back to the Lord. If you'd like that prayer, we'll pray it for you. Raise your hand at this time if you want to come back to the Lord. You want to come back to the Lord. Good, good. Would y'all look up here for a second? So there's some of you that raised your hand. You have to realize we don't do this out of religiosity. The Bible says, Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my father. Public confession is important. And it, it becomes more real to you the less you try to hide your faith. 
We're not talking about pushing things off on people, but you don't want to be ashamed. And so if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, balcony as well, and watch it online. There's moderators there that can help you with this. I want to ask you to just take an act of faith because the Bible says faith without action is dead. Faith without action. So if you want this prayer to count for you, would you please join me up here at the altar? We're going to pray just like we said, and we're going to lead you in a prayer. So please don't hesitate. Come forward right now. Everybody give them a hand clap because we have some hands go up. So come forward. Come on forward. I saw some hands over here. Come on forward. If you're up in the balcony, if you're up in the balcony, we'll wait for you. Take your time. The ushers will help you. You can just stand right here. Face me. Good to see you. Good to see you. How you doing? Thanks for coming. Hi. Best day of your life. Come on forward. Yes. You're our bass player today. Yes. How you doing? Good to see you. Anybody else want to join these that are up here? It's not too late. Is there some people coming down from the balcony? We'll wait for them. Darren, thank you. This is a great day. What's cool about this is that when you make this decision, you are no longer alone. Even if you feel alone, you're not alone because he did not lie. He promised, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. People will let you down. People will mess, mess with you. He's called faithful and true and he will never let you down. He will help you. He'll give you a miracle if you need one. We encourage you to, to after this prayer today, get hooked up with the church. We've got plenty of room in this church. Right, church family? Yeah. We've got a lot more room for people in this family. You'll love the people here. We're people just like you. Came out of all kinds of stuff. I came out of some darkness that a lot of people didn't come out of, but I figured, you know, if he can save me, he can save anybody. <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way, but you're loved very, very much. Are they coming down, guys? Come on forward. Is that it? Okay. You ready to pray? I want everybody in the room right now, just, just reverence this time. This will only take a moment. Everybody in the room, if you're saved, say this as an affirmation of what you've already said and say it in support to those that are here right now. So let's, let's take care of being born again first. Say this. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus I, believe in you. I believe in you. I don't believe this was a coincidence I don't this was that I'd be in church today. I believe you are the Son of God. You are Lord. I believe by choice with all my heart that God raised you from the dead, Jesus. I believe in you. And because I do, you said I'm saved. I'm in your hand. You love me forever. I'm in your family. And nothing can snatch me out. Thank you, Jesus, for living inside of me. Amen. Glory to God. Yes, yes. Don't go anywhere. Hold on one second. Altar workers, can you come forward, please? Altar ministry workers, if you'd come forward, please. We have some free material we want to give you. A Bible, for sure, if you don't have one. Other things. Plus, our altar ministry workers just want to meet you and love on you. So if, if you guys, is there any way that you, you guys can go this way to them and you guys can go that way to them? Just see these friends. They're wonderful people. They've got this free material for you. Praise the Lord. What a great day, you guys. What a great day. God's word went into us and it's going to produce a lot of good results. So, Dominic, you want to close? Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org 
and click on the Donate tab. 